This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Well, I, I want to read to you. This is uh, since I'm I'm on in the series on prime time today, and um, we're talking about generations. I thought I'd read this little tidbit to you. To all the kids who were born in the 1930s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, first, we survived being born to mothers who smoked while they carried us. They took aspirin, ate blue cheese, dressing, tuna from a can, didn't get tested for diabetes. Then after that trauma, our baby cribs were covered with bright colored lead-based paint. We had no childproof lids on medicine bottles, doors or cabinets. When we rode our bikes, we had no helmets. As children, we would ride in cars with no seat belts or airbags. Riding in the back of a pickup on a warm day was always a special treat. <laughs> now it's not such a treat. We drank water from the garden hose, not from a bottle. We shared one soft drink with four friends from one bottle and no one died from it. We ate cupcakes, white bread, real butter, and drank soda pops with sugar in it. But we weren't overweight because we were always outside playing. We would leave home in the morning and play all day as long as we were back when the streetlights came on. That's me. No one was able to reach us all day and we were okay. We would spend hours building our go-karts on the scraps and ride down the hill only to find out we forgot the brakes. After running into the bushes a few times, we learned to solve the problem. We did not have PlayStations, Nintendos, Xboxes, no video games at all, no 99 channels on cable, no videotape movies, no surround sound, no cell phones, no personal computers, no internet or internet chat rooms. We had friends, we went outside and we found them. We fell out of trees, got cut. Anybody in here like me fell out of a tree? That's what happened to me. That's the reason my jokes are outstanding. <laughs> I fell out of a tree. Mm. I won't get into that story, but I mean, I was Alan Lim. Okay. We fell out of trees, got cut, broke bones and teeth, but there was no lawsuits from these accidents. We ate worms and mud pies, and I didn't do this one. You did. We ate worms and mud pies made from dirt, and the worms did not live in us forever. We were given BB guns for our 10th birthday, made up games of sticks, and tennis balls, and though, although we were told it would happen, we did not put out very many eyes. 
Let's pray. (laughs) Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you that your word is alive, that's active, it energizes and and causes our, our soul to be transformed and be changed. And Lord, we just right now, we take and we receive from you. We exercise our faith and Lord, we just believe that you speak to us today through your word. Lord, I pray that you use my lips as the pen of a ready writer that speak forth the word of God, uh, the way that you would have it said. And, and Lord, I thank you that we all have ears, ears to hear and sit at your feet. We give you honor and glory and all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Well, I don't want to get and tell the whole uh, encounter that I had with the Lord that brought all this to past. If you have not, uh, if this is your first one, you haven't heard the others, please go online and listen because there's quite a few things we want to cover. But this all came forth. Uh, really, I was thinking the other day, it was just a setup. I was just set up for this. And I can look uh, how even uh, two or three years ago and just how God was showing me a a revelation on long life and how the enemy was stealing uh, uh, seniors' lives, minds, and life, and that God had so much more. And and then to get this, this revelation that God wanted to bring the older generation and the younger generation together. And, and then the word just started uh, unfolding. But I, I believe when, when I was ministering uh, here at the church, and I was doing a, a series, I believe it was Legacy, about a year ago, a little over a year, and I was talking about how we needed all ages, and I was really giving the challenge to the older um, Christians, believers to stand up and rise up and not get comfortable and, and just become uh, a couch potato, so to speak, not going forth and doing the works of the Lord. And I was going to say, everyone uh, 55 and up, please stand and, you know, I want to pray for you. Um, and I said 50. And then uh, it was so strong, the presence of God uh, hit me, and um, I left the service and um, was talking with Ellen, and we were just praying uh, about this. What is the the Lord saying? You know, what's He doing? The next day, I well, that uh, I, I actually prayed. I said, "Lord, what do you call this?" I heard, and it was actually next day. Um, I heard prime time, and just not even thinking about all this. I was really just getting dressed, getting ready. And uh, then I I put on my iPad and I just decided to put on YouTube and listen to to some word from somebody. One of my favorites, of course, is Kenneth Hagin. But anyway, uh, I saw this that was uh, Jim Baker and it was, he was having Lance Walnow on. And this, you know, I'm don't listen really to him. I'm just saw this, but I knew Lance Wall now. 
So I turned it on, and he's talking about that God uh, in the church is taking 50-year-olds and up and waking them up, and uh, that he wants uh, a generation, that, this younger generation, to, be, to rise up and go beyond where we're at. And anyway, he's just ministering, and Lori Baker, who is Jim Baker's wife, said, Lance, are you saying this is like the primer? And he goes, it's prime time. And so there was that prime time again. And then the, the one after that, uh, I don't, didn't know who it was. He was just, I'm listening as I'm getting ready. And he goes that the older are supposed to lead the younger and that uh, and he goes, those 50 and over are supposed to lead the younger. And he said, this is the great harvest. And then he goes, this is church of the harvest. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it just, just hit me. I knew that I knew that I knew. And... I, I believe that this this message is more important than we know. That God is doing a mighty work, and He's He's going to stir up young people, and and we're to give guidance. Us I'm talking about those that are older, Amen. So what I'd like to do after service today, if you're interested in mentoring or coaching or working with someone, to go to the prayer room. I'd just like to. Uh, I've had several people say, what are we going to do with this? And uh, I want to see those that want to mentor, coach, um, be a part of this, and also those that would like that to um, just meet for a few moments. I want to get your names, and I'm going to try and work and believe God to connect you with someone. And if you were connected with someone, it didn't work for either party. You have to be at peace that you know, uh, there's no offense. This isn't working for me. Maybe it works for the other person. You have to be unoffendable. You have to say, okay, that, that's fine. Because God will work it out. But we can save people, young people, some heartache. We can give wisdom. We can give insight. So the... To the mature, older generation, who are you reaching? Who are you pouring into? Who are you speaking life to? Because God is a God of generations. He is generationally thinking. And then you start seeing scriptures open up to you, and you realize that we are, we're blessed to be born at this time. And Psalm 78, verse 1 says, My friends, I beg you to listen. As I teach, I will give instructions and explain the mystery of what happened long ago. These are things we learned from our ancestors. And we will tell them to the next generation. Say, next generation. Next generation. We won't keep secret the glorious deeds and the mining miracles of the Lord. It could be that maybe you're, you have uh, parents who are spiritual and strong. This can be in addition to that. It's not taking away 
from that, that place uh, of a mother and father. But yet at the same time, I'm talking about spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers. We see in the Bible that Paul, he had a son, Timothy. He called him son, said we have a father-son relationship. But he wasn't the natural father. But he said there's no one of like mind. He, everyone else cares about themselves. That's, what's, that's what Paul said. Everyone else is just looking after their own interest except Timothy. So you can have spiritual sons and daughters, and you should. Even if you have kids, you should have spiritual sons and daughters that you're blessing, you're reaching, and you're looking to be a blessing in their life. God is a multi-generational God. And I know uh, the women, they have a, a, a mentoring group now. It's awesome. Uh, and you need to be involved in that if, if you're not. I know Chris Bounds is uh, heading up. You, you need, the Bible says, for the older women to teach the younger women. It says you need teaching to know how to love your husband. <laughs> oh, never mind. I, I get a kick out of that. The older men are to teach the younger men. You got to watch those amens over there. Get you in trouble, Ron. <laughs> but when all this happened, now, I believe I, I told Chris that I thought about her and Richard because they've actually poured in to a younger couple and um, they go to the church here, but I'm saying they pour in and they give. What are they doing? They're reaching to another generation to be a blessing. And um, God sees that. God knows that. Is there sacrifice? Yes. Anything good is going to require some sacrifice. Come on, right? <laughs> Glad that thrilled you. <laughs> but you can, you can meet people in community groups, uh, whatever. You need to connect with someone younger than you and probably older than you. If you can, both ways. Abraham was chosen by God because God said, I know him. He'll teach his children and his household to follow the Lord. That's the reason he was chosen. So we're to train and disciple those that are around us. Abraham was generationally minded. So God made covenant with him. And the promises were not just to Abraham, but to his descendants. The promises went down to his kids. That's the reason when I tithe and I give, it affects four generations. Because it's generational. What you do for God today affects the next generation. And, and once again, I'm not saying here at Harvest we're not for all ages. We, we are. This is a, a loving family that, that loves all ages. But I'm just saying there's more. Now, if you're, um, if you're saying, I've got so much on my plate and you're raising kids and stuff, this isn't for you. 
you'll know if it's for you. If the Lord's speaking to you, you know, about it. If you're a young person without an older person to talk to in your life, you need one. And if you're a teenager or young adult, sometimes it's good to have someone outside of your parents. If you're an older person not sharing your story, your experiences pouring into someone of the next generation, you're missing it because that's what God's called you to do is pour into the next generation. Anyway, when this happened, Ellie and I prayed and said we need to reach out to those of the next generation. So what we did is we reached out to Johnny and Shiloh's scales. Come here, Shiloh. Where's Johnny? He did that on purpose. And Laura and Randall Phelps. Y'all stand up. You guys stand up. Come up here. They weren't prepared for this because I wasn't either. I'm just doing what the Lord's having me do here. Now, Ellie and I are half the age, at least. (laughs) What's going on? Y'all watch this group, y'all. No preaching, just... But just um, share how um, this has been a blessing to you. Well, let me say this. Ellen and I, it works both ways. We have been so blessed by these, these four people. They're awesome, awesome folks. And you're awesome too. <laughs> but they're awesome and uh, Ellen and I had a love for them before, before this. And so what we've been doing, we're praying for them. There are pictures in our bedroom on the mirror. We're speaking the blessing of God. They speaking the blessing of God over their life and believing that, that God will do mighty, glorious things in our life. In answering questions. And just give him wisdom so we can. So how did, how did we meet you, you guys? Um, so there was a, a community group called 55 and Up. And then they actually ended up changing it and saying all ages. So me and Johnny were the only other people that ended up going. Um, and we didn't really know... Um, I, we knew a few people, but going to this group and getting to know all of the older couples were like, it was really, really great. It was so much wisdom. They're super funny, by the way. I don't know if y'all know, but <laughs> it was just very enjoyable just to see, for me, um, to see older couples interacting, I mean, outside of church. Um, it really blessed me. Um, Johnny got to know a lot of the men, um, me, the women. I never really had a, 
a relationship with Pastor Bob or Miss Ellen. It was just, I was kind of known as um, my mom's daughter. So, um, so going to the group and getting to know people for myself was just a huge, huge blessing. They've been a great blessing. We get together often and laugh and yeah, we don't even leave till like almost midnight. Like we have a lot of, lot of fun and, um, the wisdom we get from them is just great. So, and I got good food. <laughs> we, uh, I tell you what I want to do. Did y'all want to say something, or y'all okay not say anything? I, I want to uh, pray for you guys. And if you're believing for healing in your body, I want you to stand up. We're and let's pray. Y'all come over here. Y'all put your hands on them. That's. And everybody stretch your hands. Let me tell you that Laura Laura and Randall are a miracle. All in the natural, they shouldn't be here. They should not be here. And Randall died, I think, three times. And uh, Laura said, no said, no, <laughs> he's going to live and not die. And so the doctors, and he's lived. And he's progressing and making progress. How many knows he's driving now? He's moving, making, we're believing for total rest, restoration. And, and Laura, she deals with uh, physical things. And probably in the last month, she almost died twice. I mean, it was, it was uh, that, that critical so I want you to stretch your hands. And if you're believing for healing, just stand up. And we're going to believe for you too. Father, in the name of Jesus, we believe for healing for the congregation, for any that are believing and releasing their faith for healing. And right now, Father, we believe for a supernatural, creative miracle in Laura's body. We speak, Lord, we believe for these new kidneys. We believe, Lord, that her heart is blessed. Every part of her being is blessed, top of her head to the soles of her feet. We believe for Randall that uh, those motor skills are, are functioning effectively, that the, the mind, the, the brain is functioning at 100%. Lord, that he is blessed from the top of his head to the tip of his toes. Thank you for the wisdom of God. Thank you for the, the courage of the Lord. And Father, we, we stand against the spirit of, uh, of death, and we bind that spirit, we command that spirit to go. And we believe for your miraculous power to be released in them. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's give God thanks. Give him thanks. Thank you all. Being around younger people will keep you younger. In Malachi chapter 4, it says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet 
before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest they come and strike the earth with a curse. It says the fathers, and I say fathers and mothers, turning their hearts because I believe they're included. So we want... You know this, that it's the fathers and mothers. It, it's a, they turn first their hearts towards the children, the next generation. And it, it's through um, this, he said, I'll send you Elijah. It's like a, a, the spirit. And we find out uh, later on that this is really talking about John the Baptist. And I mentioned that last week that John the Baptist was the one that uh, was being prophesied about here. But I want you to see it was not just uh, inclusively him. It wasn't just John the Baptist. And I want to show you that because that will open up some understanding uh, to this whole thing. So fathers and mothers need to give their heart to the next generation. Have you given your heart to a generation different than yours? Older ones, have you turned your heart towards a younger one? This is the last prophecy in the Old Testament. It's 400 plus years. And then we knew, like I said, talk to John the Baptist because Jesus said it did. In Luke 1, 17, he will be a man. This is the angel speaking this to Zechariah, John the Baptist's father. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. So we see here this angel saying, your baby's going to have the, the spirit uh, of Elijah, the power uh, of, of Elijah to turn the hearts. And what will it do? This uh, anointing will cause the hearts of the fathers to be turned to the children. It says, and he will cause those who are rebellious to act, to accept the wisdom of the godly. Now, this is referring back to Malachi. This is that prophecy, but I want to remind you back in Malachi, it says this, before the coming of of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. There'll be the spirit of Elijah will come and turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. Let me tell you that that dreadful day is the day of judgment. The day of judgment, there is a judgment coming. And we will all stand before the Lord. Those that are not saved will go to the great white throne judgment. And they will be judged and their works. Those that are believers will go to the judgment seat of Christ. And there, the person will not be judged. Hallelujah. Their works will be. And it says that the, the fire of God will burn up those works that were not unto the Lord. And really, if you want a clear way to say it, those things that you did outside of love is burned up. 
Now you say, all I want to do is not have a big old bonfire in heaven. You know, <laughs> must be Bob. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the great news about this. All the bad stuff gets burned up and then all the good stuff remains. And it says you're rewarded on those works. Wow. What a deal. It's pretty awesome. So it wasn't talking about John the Baptist exclusively. It was, but there was more to it, and it was including in Judgment Day. For the Lord comes back second time, he will, there will be a release of the spirit and power of Elijah. Hearts of the older will turn to the young. This will prepare the way of the Lord's return. What a, a sign that he's giving before the day of judgment, before the, he returns, there will be this generational gap that's no longer there, and we will be for the generations. We'll be, we'll be loving those that are outside of our generation. Now, whatever generation you're in, you think that's the best. That's just the way it is. I took my dad the other day to the dentist. He cracked a tooth, and he's back there like 15 minutes. Comes out, I said, man, that was, that was so quick. I said, what did he do? He said, he filled it. He said, he filed it off and, and filled it. So, okay. And see, here's the thing. So my, my cousin, so Dennis, he comes out, and he said, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't take long when you don't take Novocaine. You don't think what? <laughs> no Novocaine. And I looked at my cousin and said, I will never consider that. <laughs> I'm just... But see, my dad is part of what they called the greatest generation. I don't know who named it. It must have been somebody in that generation named it that. And they would endure the pain and said, well, I got the opposite of my dad. I want no pain. I just nigh into pain. <laughs> but see, there's differences in the generations that we have to allow for. When I had a, a hole in my jeans, my mom put a patch on it. Now you can go to the store. And you can buy the whole lorry in it. <laughs> like Shiloh does. <laughs> you can buy it already there. There's differences. But we have to make allowances, you know, for those differences. Let me show you another place that will open up some insight. Isaiah 61 verse 1 says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God. So we see here, this is a prophecy 
And who's his prophecy about? Everybody say Jesus. It's about the Messiah. And Jesus stands up to read this. That's what we find in Luke chapter 4. Jesus goes, well, let me read it. Verse 16, he went to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, unfolding it. He found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is on me. What's he reading? Isaiah 61. That's what he's reading from. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, um, not too long ago, I was looking at a commentary, and um, they actually believe that when he went into the temple to read, there was a chair down front that was, uh, nobody said that, it was for the Messiah. And that when Jesus read this and said, today it's fulfilled in your ears, he sat in that chair. Now you understand why they wouldn't stone him. Say, this is Joseph, carpenter's son. They wanted to take him out because he was proclaiming who he was. But I want you to notice here, he says, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. But Isaiah 61 says, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God. Now, the day of the Lord's favor, or um, King James uh, says the acceptable year of the Lord, Lord, which means a jubilee. And uh, Jesus is our perpetual, eternal jubilee. Our debt's been paid not just for uh, a year, seven years. It's paid in full. It is done. It's taken care of. So he is our jubilee. But he left out. Jesus must have forgot to finish he, he stopped and didn't say, let's talk about this, and the day of the vengeance of our God. Now, did Jesus forget? No, he didn't forget. Let me tell you why. The day of vengeance of our God has not happened. Well, pastor, I think it's happened. You do? I think you'll know. The day of the vengeance of our God has not happened, so he stopped there because it hasn't been fulfilled. He said, this is fulfilled today, and you're hearing. But not this part, so I'm stopping here. It's for the future. So what does that mean? We live in a dispensation of grace. Grace doesn't mean you go out and sin and do anything you want to do. Grace teaches us to walk holy before the Lord because it enables us, empowers us to, to do what God has told us to do. So when you start seeing 
what prophecy is talking about. And if the end time great harvest of God, it is a huge sign of it is the father's turn to the children. They're spiritual sons and daughters. Nobody's holding back. You're passing the baton of your story. They need to hear your experience. And they need to listen. They'll need to make the same mistakes we have made. Older people, have you made some mistakes that you could help someone else? Yes, we could help and be a blessing. And when you're doing that, you're fulfilling your place. It's not retirement, it's refire. It's not just back up and and give up because you hit a certain age. No. Never, ever retire. You never quit. You keep moving forward. So, it takes a work of the Spirit for this to take place. It takes an anointing of God for this to take place in the hearts that we start caring more about the next generation. And our heart is with them to help them and pray for them. That means when I, I see uh, a kid that, that's hurting, it's the same as if it's my, I'm praying for that family. I'm lifting them up. I'm doing what I can do. Because we're family together. We're in this together. So in, in Matthew 21, and this is something, uh, was it Alex Branch? Alex uh, told me about, and this is um, Perry Stone at Warriors Fest that the family went to, went to hear talk. He said, Perry Stone talked about what you're talking about. And so I want to hear it. So he brought me... Um, the DVD, and I, I watched it the uh, other day, and, and he talked about some things we talked about in the past, that uh, music, young people's music, and, but we don't have that problem here. We all like the same. I mean, but uh, that's a big thing in a lot of churches is music. And uh, the older folks, well, I don't want that, that music with the drums and all that, and, um, and it becomes a place that, you know, you need to bow your knee to, to, <laughs> to this because a young person's being touched and changed through it. Amen? So anyway, I want to give credit where credit is due. Perry Stone uh, got this. I, I love the, the revelation of it. In Matthew 21, verse 1, it says, Jesus and his followers were coming closer to Jerusalem, but first they stopped at Bethphage, at the hill called the Mount of Olives. From there, Jesus went, two of his followers, into the town. He said to them, go to the town you can see there. When you enter it, you will find the donkey and her colt. Untie them both and bring them to me. If anyone asks you why you are taking the donkeys, tell them the master needs them. He will send them back soon. He didn't keep the donkey songs. Send them back home. This shows the full meaning of what the prophet said. Tell the people of Zion, now your king is coming to you. He is humble and riding on a donkey. He's riding on a young donkey born from a work animal. 
The followers went and did what Jesus told them to do. They brought the mother donkey and the young donkey to him. They covered the donkeys with their coats, and Jesus sat, notice, on them. But you have two donkeys here. Uh, a colt is a young donkey. Um, and what it is, it's a, it's a baby with the mama. It's a young one with an older one. And Jesus said, I want them both. I want the younger and the older. Untie them, loose them, bring them to me. And what was to happen? Jesus was coming into Jerusalem. Now, if you remember, this is where um, they had like a parade for him. I mean, people are excited that Jesus is coming. They cut down branches and they lay in the road. They, they take off their garments. They're covering the, the road. And here comes Jesus. And they're, they're shouting, uh, glory to God in the highest. Hosanna to the son of David. And, and they're, they're yelling this and, and they're praising God. And here comes Jesus. Now, what he was doing, he wasn't straddling laying across two donkeys. What he was doing, he was on the young one and the older one was beside him. Why did the younger one need the older one? Because the younger one's going to go, where's mama? Where's my, I need that guidance. I, I need someone here that's experienced this, been down this road before, that's carried the load before. I need someone here. And that's what Jesus was speaking of. And what did they do? The young and the old carried Jesus into his house. They brought Jesus into the temple there in Jerusalem. The youth led Jesus, the king, into his house, but he had the older one beside him. So we need you, Grandma. We need you, grandfathers. We need you, spiritual sons and spiritual daughters. We need everyone. We need the, the, the nursery. We need the, the older ones, just all, the way, all ages. We need to be ministering to them. We need each other. We all have a part in carrying Jesus in our world. But you can carry it, I believe, better when you have the older and the younger together. You can carry Jesus better into the streets. And then you go a little more down in Matthew 21. It says, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out all the people buying, selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs, those selling doves. He said to them, the scripture says, my temple will be called a house of prayer, but you've turned it into a den of thieves. New King James, my house. He came home. He came to his house. And what's he find going on? The people are wanting to give sacrifices and they have to buy the doves there. They have to buy the sacrifice there. And these people were robbing them. They were charging interest. They were just overcharging them and robbing the people of God. In the house of God. And Jesus didn't take to it too kindly. He turns over everything. And they had these doves 
these doves were in these wooden cages and he threw them against the wall and the doves were loosed. The doves were loosed and then you read the next verse, it says, the lame came to him, the crippled came to him and he healed them. See, when the dove was loosed or the Holy Spirit, the dove's symbol of the Holy Spirit was loosed, there was a commotion in the temple and people came from near and far to see what's going on. They were healed. They were set free. Why did this happen? It's called the, the older and the younger got together and they carried Jesus. And then... When you release the Holy Spirit, the glory of God is released. And Perry Stone, uh, I looked up uh, some of it, but he was talking about the dove has nine feathers on each side. There's nine gifts of the Spirit, and there's nine fruit of the Spirit. So it's the only bird that has one mate for life. And said so they're companions, good companions for all their life. It says that they both take responsibility to feed and nurture their children. And he said that if a dove is attacked, it won't fight back. I'm saying that there's a release of the power of God when we're for the next generation when we're blessing them, we get our eyes off ourselves and get on someone else and God starts blessing and multiplying in our lives. So some primetime thoughts. Number one, the previous, previous generational, generational is charged with an assignment to disciple the next generation. The previous generation is charged with an assignment to disciple the next generation. Number two, disciple making is God's top priority. I don't believe anything gets attacked in a, uh, a servant of the Lord's life more than disciple making. And you have to resist uh, I mean, it's real easy after working all day, whatever, just uh, I'm not going to, don't want to contact anybody. Uh, I mean, I've been that way many times. Uh, I just want to throw the phone away for a while. And, but see, it's people. And we've got to reach people. And there's a cost to discipling someone. But you do it. Is it fulfilling? Yes. Is it worth it? Yes. Number three, Jesus describes a disciple as one who abides in him, is obedient, bears fruit, glorifies God, has joy and love. I just got to thinking, what is a disciple? In everything you do to persuade somebody and prepare someone uh, to help them know their the calling and what God has for their life and steer them in the ways of God to pray for them, bless them. That's that's part of discipleship. That's discipling them. Number four, and this is just a confession, I will not stop the flow of generational blessings by making generational relationships. 
I'm just going to make them and do it. Number five, God's last great harvest will be preceded by anointing flowing through the body of Christ that moves hard to unite the older and younger generations. God is going to answer the prayer of Jesus, and then he's going to make us one. Now, I would not, it, it wouldn't have dawned on me the younger, older thing was, was you know, this big thing in, in scriptures, but it is. But God expects us to be one, one family, and it's to be women, men, there's to be no discrimination or injustice. We're all equal before God. Every race, we stand before a holy God as one people. And I know there's many of you that have told me you started uh, mentoring someone. I'd like for you to uh, just write me a little thing about that uh, or meet me after service because uh, I don't want to make this a thing that's not that's just regimented, but there has to be some to, because that's just the way we are. You have to take it and do something with it. You hear the word, where are you going to do with it? And many times it helps us to be kind of pushed in that direction. So I want you to, just after service, we'll, we'll meet and get your name and stuff, and we're going to try and connect you with someone that's younger than you or older than you, whichever way it is. And I believe we're going to see great things happen. Because I need to know some things. I, when Dennis Sapala lost his job, I saw demonstrated what a man of faith does. He came to the church and he turned up the prairie music all the way on. I need to see what Mike and Marilyn does when they have some stinking news. I mean, it stunned me. I heard this. But see, they're here in church with their faith. And I believe the best is yet to come. I believe what the enemy has meant for harm and destruction, that God will turn around for good, and the best is coming to you. You're tithers, you're faithful, and God will see to it that you are not forsaken, but you're blessed to the overflowing, the abundant life of God being released to you. And no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You're always come out the head, not the tail above and not beneath. And the grace and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And you will walk in new places in the spirit. You will walk in new places in the financial realm. And you will see my mighty hand in your land in your home, in your life, in your boys, in your family like you've never, ever seen before. So look out, devil, to Mike and Marilyn are coming. And they're coming not in their own strength, but with the strength of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I need someone that would tell me, look, don't talk about the problem. Talk to it. Because I was good about talking my problem. And it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Then I finally learned, no, I talked to it. And it starts getting smaller and smaller and smaller. 
Hallelujah. Mm, that's, that's powerheads. If today you've never, the greatest decision you can make is a decision for Christ. What will you do with Jesus? He loved you so much. He paid the price for you. He went to the cross for you. He died and gave it all for you. He shed his precious blood that you could be redeemed and set free. It is true. Jesus does love you. And there's, I'm going to say this, this quickly. We'll have prayer partners come down in a minute. There's someone here that you've considered suicide and you considered it yesterday. And you need to come and receive prayer. God has a breakthrough for you. And God has a plan for you. And it's not for you to end it now. If you never accepted Jesus Christ, the Lord of your life, just lift up your hand. No one looking around. And you can receive Christ today. Is this a hand? Let's, let's pray together. Say, dear Lord, thank you for Jesus who died for me who paid the price. I'm guilty. I missed the mark. But I thank you for Jesus who took my guilt and he took everywhere I missed the mark. I received Jesus as the Lord of my life, as my Savior, my Messiah. Come into my heart. Come into my life, and I'll follow you all the days of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to live this life, to give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.